Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Rocket Buzz. Hi guys, welcome. (laughs) My name is Matthew Jordan and I am your host for the Rocket Buzz. That is our weekly space news information. Oh my gosh, I'm hearing a loud noise. (laughs) We got some feedback. I don't hear anything. Who is who's nope. got it playing? Because I'm hearing it incredibly loudly in my ear. I'm hearing nothing. That yeah, might be nothing you. <laughs> that's you. You have a window open. Yeah, that's all to you, man. It couldn't have been me. It's a oh, good way to start the show. My bad. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is a space news well, information. This is our thing. first show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the team at Next Horizon Space Flight. Next Horizon so. Space Flight coming at you. I'm <laughs> Matthew Gordon. I am the uh, lead producer of uh, written content at Next Horizon Space Flight. I'm here with Matt Cutshaw. He is our uh, lead organizational manager of the whole thing. Say hi, Matt. What's going on, guys? Yep, the Next Horizon space flight has been something that's been going on for quite a few years now, and I'm really happy to see it grow to where it is now. Uh, we're all very blessed and fortunate to be able to cover this stuff and be able to do what we do, be able to go out there and bring you guys the great content that we do. Um, and yeah, so you know, with that being the case, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Mr. Kegel. He's my right-hand man here. Hey, how's it going? I'm mostly photographer. I think I've written like two articles. <laughs> not much of a writer more of a technical guy and enjoy taking photos of rockets excellent and we also have with us mr kyle montgomery hello down the darkness i stalk rockets and boats he stalks <laughs> rockets and boats he is our, our our port pirate he takes care of uh anything coming into the port he is awesome and then we also have mr Derek wise he is our producer here he's making all this happen for us today Hello, hello. I'm a pretty recent addition to the team. Uh, my main focus has been video and photography, so I'm excited to get this live show going. Absolutely. Now, normally what we want to do with this show is bring you the news and information of what's happened in the past week, what's going to be happening in the next week, and then give you some other information like having some kids stuff and and things like that. But for our very first episode, we really just wanted to let you, uh, our audience, get to know us. So um, I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Cutshaw here. Uh, Matt, what got you into space photography what got you into doing next horizon space flight you know it kind of started a a long time ago i've always been into it i'm actually from oklahoma so moving here um living in orlando we actually used to see the the launches from orlando all the time you just see a a white speck just kind of going in the sky and uh it wasn't here until recently i actually started going actually to the coast um to um, actually see all the launches I was very fortunate to be able to be accepted to the NASA social for the Parker solar probe. So that was actually my very first up close um, launch. And it was, it was really great. Uh, my son was, was at the hotel with my mom and they actually got to see the launch as well. Uh, what was really significant about that launch was our names were on the Parker solar probe. So me and him both got to watch our names get launched in the space at the same time. So that's just, that tops it, you know, for, for the whole thing for me. I mean, I don't think there'll ever be a launch that's more special to me than that. So, uh, and then from there, it just kind of spiraled into, you know, the huge passion and, and love that what it is now. And, and like I stated before, you know what I mean? It just, it's just a uh, very, uh, very fortunate and blessed to be able to do what we do. And uh, I think I speak for everyone here when I say that we are passionate about this and that we love it very much. Absolutely. And uh, what has been your favorite launch to uh, partake in, to participate in, to to capture? For 2020 was definitely... Uh, I, I would say, yeah, let's go for 2020, yeah. For 2020? You can do both, 2020 and overall. Uh, well, favorite is definitely Parker Solar Probe. Um, but for 2020, if we're just talking about 2020, is definitely going to be um, definitely the heavy launch. The, I've never oh, been yeah. so close to a launch in my life. That was un, 
unbelievable to be what was what did we say it was 1.54 miles away yeah. mm-hmm. i mean your clothes were literally shaking <laughs> at was your, it was just insane like that was that was probably my favorite launch of 2020 next favorite one was probably the serious launch just because my remotes came out so good from that launch and i've had this focus troll that has been following me around for the longest time that i've had trouble with my focus and i haven't been able to get sharp images so yeah, exactly. So now that I got really good remotes from that launch, I kind of now I have a base of what to do and what not to do. So, um, yeah, definitely the serious and the heavy launch for sure. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to turn over here to uh, Mr. Kegel. Okay. Steven, how did you get into space launch photography? I'm going to make this short and sweet because I'm not much about talking about myself. <laughs> uh, so basically, I grew up here in Florida and the Space Coast. Pretty much all my life when I lived in Arizona and England at one time, that was about it. But pretty much all through uh, elementary, middle school, high school, and now I'm a 40 year old man. And uh, <laughs> it, I got, well, I've always been, you know, the shuttle program, grew up around that, um, had family that worked on, on there, used to take uh, the, the family trips. And when they would let, I don't even know if they do it anymore, but you'd be able to take your family to, KFC and they have picnics and you get to kind of explore some of the areas. So I was always fascinated as a kid from that. And uh, then later on got into photography. And that was pretty much when SpaceX started launching around here. And then the last like three years from a buddy Steve-O, I got really into photography uh, before I just had a cheap little, you know, digital camera. And then my phone, and then I stepped up to a DSLR and so on. And then it just, it, the, the, the bug gets you. Yeah, it sinks its, its fangs in pretty And good. then it's just the money, like money crazy. Everything's so expensive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it's I a think, very uh, expensive hobby. <laughs> everyone here but me has cameras a mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And uh, Keegs, what has been your favorite launch of uh, 2020? Let's say, let's uh, go back the past year. I'd say it's a launch. It was one that kind of blew up, but it was it was an awesome launch. Uh, you know, Starship, uh, well, SS9, 8? Sorry, 8. Yeah, SN8? Yeah. That was Absolutely. amazing. We didn't even see. <laughs> that was I mean, so we didn't awesome. get any but watching that video stream was that was, uh, it was thrilling yeah I, I had to pick my mouth up off the floor personally it was just i the whole time and then i'm like looking at myself like you have to watch this you have to watch this <laughs> just, it was awesome and then i guess the live one would be same thing as matt heavy and then also crew one yeah crew one yeah that was the other one too yeah, Crew One was an awesome launch as well. All right, Mr. Montgomery, Kyle, how did you get into the whole uh, taking pictures of, of things that go into space? Well, I moved down here two or three years ago. I think I went eight or so launches before I, I bought a camera. Then I bought a camera and I photographed every launch since then. I think I'm on launch 42 now. Okay. That's launch number 42. Excellent. And um, what's been your favorite event of uh, 2020? Uh, whether That's that a heavy. was hmm? <laughs> the heavy. The heavy. The heavy. Everyone's <laughs> all about the heavy, and that's the one I missed out on. I was there for one of the aborts. But there's, I mean, a, there's a consensus here with the heavy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And uh, Mr. Wise, Mr. Producer, sir, uh, right. how did you get into this, man? Now, I've been so i i am from pennsylvania and so for a couple of years i would watch the live streams just watching the launches happen it was definitely spacex that started to get me into rocket launches and with like especially the landings from the falcon heavy launch like that was so cool to watch on a stream and so a little over a year ago i moved down to orlando and so i saw a couple launches from here about 50 miles out and that's that's pretty cool even from 50 miles especially nighttime you can see it light up the sky if you're really lucky and the cloud covers just right sometimes you can hear a little bit of the rumble way after but then going to in-flight abort this year that 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 was it i i was i was hooked i i had no clue i wasn't involved with the the rocket launch photography community at all at that point and 
I got there and this was of course before COVID. So there were so many people all crowded along the water, uh, right near the sands, uh, museum there. And we watched it go and it exploded. And from that point on, it was like, okay, there's a launch. And I, every launch that I've been able to make it to, I've been coming out for. Absolutely. That that's how that bug happens, man. It, it's quick. Once it sinks its teeth in, you have to be out there for all the launches. Yeah. I, I'm lucky that I get to, to work close enough that <laughs> I don't live on this space close, but I work like in Melbourne. So I, I, I can kind of witness them from there. Um, personally, I, I will say, um, I got into the, the, the space reporting business, I guess I'd call it because I don't, I don't take the pictures, but the space reporting business, um, it kind of came naturally to me. Um, I got into space stuff early on, uh, took the all Florida kids go on a field trip in their uh, second grade to Kennedy space center. And that's what kind of got it for me. Um, and then, uh, about the time 1992, 93, they were putting out the um, 25 years uh, anniversary of the Apollo landings. And there was a, a wonderful series that was done that was called Moonshot. And it was based on a book by Alan B. Shepard and Deke Slayton. And uh, that book really got me into the history of the space program. So um, many years later, I've gone through a, a few different things. I, I went to college a couple times for, for things that are definitely not space related. Uh, finally decided I was going to get a, a bachelor's in history because it was the fastest thing to get after I got out of the Navy. I uh, got my bachelor's in history, but I ended up every paper had something to do with space. Uh, if, if I could make it to do with space, it, it had something to do with space. And this kind of told me something about myself. And for my master's degree, I uh, did a master's in space studies and kind of looked at the ins and outs of uh, a lot of things happening at one time. Uh, both organizational uh, management within the space industry, as well as, you know, how do rockets actually work and, and how do we figure out how to put things in orbit and how to make everything work in celestial mechanics. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And um, uh, then I met Keegs uh, working at Disney World. Um, and a few, magical place in the world. Yeah, I know. It was so magical back then. It's not quite magical anymore from what I hear. But... Um, <laughs> I met Keegs working there. Uh, we remained friends, and he said he was getting involved in something called Next Horizon Space Flight, and I was interested, so I talked to him about it, and he said, well, send us a sample, and I sent a sample, and he said, hey, can you just, like, write that into this web page? <laughs> and so that, that from then on, I've been uh, trying to cover every launch. It's it's kind of um, copy-paste sometimes when it comes to the Starlink launches, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, another yeah, 60 I, satellites. Okay. It's just another 60 <laughs> satellites. Uh, this brings them to what, where are they at now? 1,400? I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I just what was your there. favorite launch this year? My favorite launch, personally, uh, I was actually present for my very first launch being actually on base was Mars 2020. Uh, and uh, that that was um, my favorite uh just being able to be very close uh came kind of close with falcon uh, not falcon heavy uh sorry the uh uh, uh in, in roll 44 yes the yeah. delta 4 heavy yeah i, yeah, I, I came I'll, close i got to see an abort and that was fun i i'll mix up the favorite launch i mean of course enroll 44 i'd say that tops the list for me enroll 108 and enroll 101 are both up there for yeah. me because enroll 101 that was my first launch being on base for being able to set remotes and so that was a crazy cool experience i was so happy with the way that my remotes turned out despite losing a lens there it was like i i feel like that's a great great first launch on base and then 108 because daytime return to launch site landing and i was really really happy with both the video and the photo i got there from the landing passing by the American flag right by the press site at the VAB. That was those those are all up there with the favorite launch. Which is in the intro if y'all watch the intro. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I recommend watching that as frequently as possible. Which I'm gonna cut in here. I'm gonna cut in here real quick. So people that are watching on YouTube and people that are watching on Facebook Live, just so if you guys are just joining us, this is going to be a weekly show that we're doing. But we're gonna be highlighting the week's um 
launches and everything else going on. Right now, this is our first episode. We're just kind of going over uh, what 2020 was all about. We introduced ourselves, but going forward, we will be introducing and uh, going over the launches. So, yes, this- not just launches, but. Any news space in general, events. yes. Space. space events, celestial events. I li- I like to to focus in on uh, the politics side a little bit myself and space and then, policy. And then the audience, you guys can interact in the chat. You can also we have a vo- a phone number with a voicemail. You can leave messages uh, yes. with any comments, questions. Yep. We might play them on the air and then talk about your whatever you uh, yep. say. And that's going to be every week. Now, two sections that we are going to be doing is Actually, who's uh, got that number to put out there real quick. <laughs> yeah, who does have that number? We we'll go over that. We have uh, two different um, uh, sections that we're going to be doing. Uh, one section is going to be going uh, will be covered by Zach, who's not here right now. Uh, Zach Shaw, he's he's uh, he's a little under the weather right now. He's going to join us, but he's going to be going over uh, OTD, which is going to be on this day. Going over spaceflight history, you know what what happened in spaceflight history on on the particular day of the week, uh, and then I will be hosting, uh, which I'm calling the Kid Space, and what that's going to be is a STEM education uh, segment, or where I, I will be going over um, STEM activities that you could be able to do with your children, whether it's making slime or making any kind of um, you know STEM activities like that. It's going to be different every week. Um, You're going to make a to- volcano. Yeah, or or, or, or whatever it is, you know, I mean, just so that you guys can get your kids involved because, you know, Next Horizon Spaceflight is, yeah, a lot of adults like it, but we want to encourage kids to to come on here and really see what's going on with Spaceflight as well because they are the future. So, you know, if we can get them inspired and say, hey, you know, wow, that's really cool, you know what I mean? Then we're going to have a really good, solid future with them. You know, who knows? Maybe we might inspire the next engineer, you know, just by what we're doing here. You know, that's kind of the hope. So, yeah, so OTD and uh, the kids space is what we will be having every week as well. Absolutely. I'm I'm super excited. I'm super excited for, for what the show is going to be and and for getting that news out there. And, and and that for me is always like the the like I was saying last night in our meeting that's going to be the focus of the show is going to be the news aspect and making sure that everybody uh, all of our photographers have time to show their talents and show everything that they're able to put out there. And maybe the next show, Darth Kyle down there, it won't be so dark. That's a true story, Darth Kyle. <laughs> Why are you so dark, Kyle? <laughs> I blame Huntsville. <laughs> yes, Kyle is on. Uh, he is on. Um, I guess on, on report, on report, on location in uh, Huntsville tonight. I mean, I'll be more on location when I go to Pensacola tomorrow. True story. And see phone number that you can call in and leave a voicemail at is now. Oh, on. That actually made it better. Turning lights off behind me. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there we go. There you go. Some and just smiling like, face. Yep. That automatic camera. And just, <laughs> just every week, up. and just every week, you can call that phone number, leave a voicemail if you have a question or anything you would like for us to go over every week. Uh, parents, I'm encouraging you to have your kids call the number, leave us a voicemail if they have a question that they want to have answered, even if it's just the simplest question. I mean, I really encourage them to call the number, have them leave us a voicemail. We're more than happy to you know answer the question. And we will answer the question live, you know, of course, while we're doing the show. So, and yes, the calls will be screened. So, you know, so any kind of inappropriate, you know, messages, obviously, that we won't be covering those. But, you know, yeah, that's what the number's for. And same thing, let us my know. Mom in the, my mom in the chat is pointing out that I'm tired. It's been like 26 hours without sleep at this point, I think. I yeah, you need some sleep, baby. Call the machine. Call the water. machine. When you call in, feel free to... Uh, ask questions as well as talk about what your favorite lunches have been. What are you most looking forward to this year and in the future? What space events share, share what you want to say. And maybe we'll talk about that. Yep. Oh, look, the numbers on the screen. Aren't we fancy? Absolutely. <laughs> Yo, Matt, man. Matt, what yeah. is, uh, what are you looking forward to most coming up this year, man? This year I know it's probably not going to happen this year. Uh, well, actually, two things. Uh, Vulcan. I'm really looking forward to Vulcan. That's going to be really phenomenal. Vulcan is going to be just incredible. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to uh, New Shepard finally launching. I don't know if we're going to get that this year or not. I don't know. We might have to wait till next year, but it's just kind of a toss-up at this point. But, yes, definitely New Shepard because that thing is uh, well, uh, New Shepard and also uh, New Glenn as well. 
uh, New Glenn is what I meant. Sorry, uh, New, New Glenn. Um, seeing that because yeah. being in Blue Origin and seeing the size of those fairings, I can tell you right now that rocket is going to be massive, absolutely massive. The pad didn't tell you that, huh? The pad size didn't tell you that. No, the actually seeing the size of the fairings with my own eyes told me that. <laughs> now, uh, what about uh, Artemis One? Mm, I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen this year. I think I think uh, with the current administration, well, in the transition between the current administration and the next administration, I think Artemis is going We're losing to our boy Jim. We're going to lose our boy Jim, and I think that Artemis is going to be pushed back at least until 2026, if not 28. That's just kind of halfway insider information. <laughs> halfway insider information, but that, that 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 seems about accurate. That they're going to the Trump administration has been pushing really hard for Artemis, and maybe pushing in the wrong way, and the COVID didn't help very much. So. No, and yes, slow things down. Zach, I didn't mean to say Glenn and not and not Shepherd. I was yeah, too confused all the time. I don't know why. Uh, because was, they were both awesome individuals. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Yes, that's it right there. All right, Kyle, what are you looking forward to this year, brother? Let's go with Vulcan. I really want to see Vulcan? those goddamn solids flag. Yeah. No offense to Falcon 9, but it's kind of a boring rocket, photography-wise. It's the same. Even, even as, as someone who likes to watch launches, it is kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. And we've been just deluged with no Falcon solids. 9 launches this I, year. I won't say boring. It's repetitive, but not boring. Because yeah. it's great to have the repetitiveness. <laughs> even if the rocket, if you're, like, if you're photography-wise, you have to bring the creativity. You're not going to get credit for oh that's a creative yeah. photo because people haven't seen that rocket in five years it's uh but you could also make a lot of creative shots with the smoke trails and stuff that you cannot do with oh absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you uh, guys weren't here after the shuttle ended and it was nothing going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true. like when when ula or someone launched a rocket once or twice a year you're like wow Yes, that's I've, what a rocket's like. <laughs> I've got to agree with Seth in the chat. I'm personally looking forward to Falcon Heavy launching. As yeah. much as I I, I want to see a double landing, that's going to happen on drone ships. Everything like, but I, I really want to see it. I, I I really want to see it a Falcon Heavy launch because I've seen the Delta Four Heavy, which was of course amazing. <laughs> but Zach's got jokes in here. Yeah, definitely looking forward yeah. to Falcon Heavy. <laughs> landed a little bit higher velocity than the um the Falcon Heavy usually does. Now, Vulcan's going to be a treat because it's going to be, we're going to be getting the mix of the orange and the blue flame. So that's going to yeah. be photography wise and, and capturing that, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite the treat. Nice. And not immediately, but we will get some fleet action from that a little bit when they have to recover the smart reuse engines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Derek, what are you, what, what you looking forward to this year? Probably Vulcan, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, Vulcan. I mean, fal- fal- like I said, Falcon Heavy is the one yeah. that I, 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 is most real to me. Yeah. Because uh, Vulcan, I mean, we've seen flight hardware slowly but being we, introduced to the Atlas. Yeah, but, it, but you haven't seen a uh, final. It yeah, it doesn't feel real yet. yet. Just and, like with SLS, like, what's that going to look like, right? I'm, I'm, I am very excited for it to actually happen, though. Absolutely. Uh, personally, uh, I have a couple of things I'm looking forward to this year. Um, I will say a uh, big fan of that um, Mars landing coming up in February. Oh, yeah. So definitely uh, going to be following that as closely as I, uh, I can, given my schedule. And um, launch wise, I don't know. I, I'm always looking forward to the next uh, Starship prototype launch. I, I like seeing that iterative process in action. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, in the chat, uh, Wayward is saying they're looking forward to the new Kennedy Space Center exhibit and seeing Delta Two and Falcon Nine up close. Bit, yep. sp- bringing space down to the ground. Are we getting a Falcon Nine yeah. anytime soon? I'm not sure about Delta Falcon Nine, but um, she is right about the Delta Two. I mean, we are going to be getting Delta Two. That's going to be awesome. So I definitely agree with her on that one. Uh, that's I've only heard really rumors are about the Falcon Nine, but no solid. 
Uh, I wonder if we're going to know when it's being raised. Or like date. Like if we're going to be able to like go to Kennedy for it happening. Hmm. Not sure yet. I don't know. And I don't know if are they going to have it like laying down? Are they going to have it standing up? Are they going to have the legs? It's standing up. up. I think Tori's yeah. already. There's not a lot of real estate left around there. The, the Rocky, Rocky Garden is pretty packed. Yeah. It is. Yes. But for the Falcon 9 is, is what I was talking about. Yeah. They could lay it on top of the uh, Saturn. It could lay on top of the Saturn. <laughs> it would just nestle there. Pick it back in. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, this next year, if things can get back to normal-ish, we, we might start seeing a, a lot of really cool stuff happening. I mean, yeah, there's some cool stuff planned, but a lot of the big stuff has been pushed back, like James Webb and, and things like that have been pushed back to the point where they're probably not happening until 2022, 23 at this point. Yeah, like Michael Michael in here, Michael Kane said the rocket launch in the US or rocket lab in the US. Launch. Yeah, wallops. Yeah, that's gonna be you a good know, one too. That's gonna be awesome. Uh I'm actually and, and as cheesy as this sounds, I'm kind of looking forward to um the first uh paying customers, passengers going up on a SpaceX rocket to the International oh, Space with Station Cruise? with Tom Cruise. I'm actually <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds, and it's not because it's Tom Cruise, it's because someone is able to pay to go to the international I mean, this space guy station. right here that guy right there possibly it's happened before though it's been the first time from russia there, the, there have been several yeah. from the commercial provider the u.s side of it that'll be really yes good. yes and and the company that was doing it in russia was actually connected to a u.s company as well uh, uh space uh yeah it's the same company that's doing it for yeah, it's it's now. the same. It's yeah. They they have experience doing this because there's been like they're brokers though. They're, they're brokers. They're not like or like a tourist a tourist agency of sorts. Not really a, the launchers themselves. Yeah, your the, new space travel agent. The, <laughs> essentially, that's what they are. They're a space travel agent for the Uber rich. Pretty much, yeah. Because they sent like uh, Tito up there. They sent uh, Garriott up there. Yep. Uh, quite a few people have gone up. The guy from Cirque du Soleil, uh, Guy, uh, guy La Liberté. When we can have Uber Rocket. <laughs> uh, you know, Once we get Starship, then we'll have... Starship maybe, maybe is going to be the Uber Rocket. Option in Uber. <laughs> Uber, Uber just buys one Starship. Imagine taking Starship, Starship. <laughs> Imagine taking Starship. Starship Earth to Earth to a different launch. That'd be wow. Kind of cool. <laughs> wow. Oh, that, that belt, well, it, well, if you went from... Never went out of orbit and just went to the other side or went to China or wherever. Would it still do that crazy belly flop? Because that looks like it's going to be a one heck of a ride. That I, I, don't really I think it will in. no matter what, considering it did it. It just went up a little bit. Ugh. They'd have to have rotating seats. They would have to. Something. You put me in a gyroscope in there. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say gyroscopically stabilized cabin. Yeah. So it doesn't, it like the rocket moves around it, but you don't feel anything. They said date everyone. Hours. What was that, Keeks? Was it oh. a? Oh god! <laughs> What's happening? Dead air. I don't like this. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, we're trying to talk at the same time. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, moving on. All right. So we've gone over what our. Favorite stuff from last year is we've gone over what our, our stuff we're looking forward to the, this year. So I don't know. What else is there to talk about? Cut shot, All man. the launches we have coming up this week. All the launches this All week? All the launches. All right. So who's going to go down on that? Uh, so, yeah, we got nothing. <laughs> nothing. There's <laughs> nothing coming up this week uh, launch-wise. I haven't heard of any. Uh, I mean, they might spring something on us, but we don't know if they're going to do that. Yeah, uh, we, we have. I mean, policy-wise, <laughs> I was going to say policy-wise, there's nothing going to come out for the next two months, three months. So, the uh, Turk set was initially scheduled for the fourth. Yep, and then that was removed, and it was pushed back to the sixth. Now that's looking like it's removed, so it looks like this week. We don't know when the first launch of 2021 will be yet. Yeah. Now the, the Transporter Let's just go buy some model rockets. Transporter 1 is looking like uh, January 14th, as far as I'm aware, but that's uh, also no time or anything like that. So Yeah. And especially with uh, Turksat, who knows? 
Yeah, SpaceX is definitely looking to uh, pick up the cadence um, from last year. So they want to launch even more, which, as we saw in 2020, that was very possible with them. They were able to, you know, recover really quickly. Um, so if they're wanting to double the numbers, uh, that's definitely going to be possible for them because they now see that they could um, do that. So and uh, Hunter did point out, yes, the Virgin Orbit launch on January 10th, Sunday, January yes. 10th mm -hmm. at 1 p.m is the next launch that we have an actual uh, time looking at. Yep. So I post about the SLS. If it goes this year, it'd be awesome, but I doubt it. Yeah. I, exactly. I just don't. I, I want to see those solid. It, it's just, it'll go, but not under its own power. Let's be on the crawler. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, just, it'll go out there and hang out. Uh, we have a question here from Matt on Facebook, and he's saying uh, where the remains of SM8 will be displayed. We don't know. We are seeing that they are building some kind of a pad by the uh, RV area there at uh, Boca Chica. We don't know if that, that's where that's going to be displayed. We don't know if they're actually doing a full-scale Starship mock-up display there. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of information as far as Boca Chica goes. So at this time, as far as the SN8 remains, we don't know. Uh, I do know that they were talking about wanting to save them, which I really hope that they do. Um, but at this time, we don't have an answer for you, unfortunately. Uh, forget SN8, the name of the no, investor, but at least... Uh, let's verify that, but uh, Hunter said in the chat, SN8 Nose was crushed about an hour ago. It's a lot of good stainless steel you can reuse. Um, it's a true story. Recycle, reuse. Let and me... honestly, SpaceX is not into saving their stuff other than their like absolute first, like very impressive. Yeah, Grasshopper first. now just has cameras all over it. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I had, it's rusting in a field, bro. Well, no, it's right next to the pen. Oh man! So I, for last time, I heard that they were going to be saving it, but I guess from Hunter saying he just watched him crush it. So watched I guess it live on Lab Padre. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had not seen that yet. So we'll be shaving with that in just a few weeks. <laughs> well, I, I, I want that. a piece of it. I want a piece of that nose cone. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, that's what they're out there with a drum on ground piece. <laughs> I'm sure SpaceX would absolutely love that. It'd be very accommodating to share pieces of it. Well, it's in their employees. They like to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, but what investor was going out and taking big pieces at one point, I think. We had video of them doing that. Hmm. Man. Oh, man. Well, excellent. Well, that's, uh, I'll have to go check that out later then. Apparently. Yeah, that's something I have to, I have to look at. Yeah, I'd, ha I'd have to check that out as well. All right, so what else do we got to talk about today, guys? Uh, well, I think Eagle was going to, we were talking about earlier about showing pictures of our favorite launches that we covered. Absolutely. Uh, so I think Eagle had that pulled up here for us. Absolutely. It's show and tell time, guys. There we go. I guess we're starting off with my, uh, earlier I talked about my remote, so I had this focus troll that followed me around for the longest time and I could never get sharp image well finally as you can see here on your screen i finally was able to get something good and uh, what i really like about this picture is the fact that you can see the spacex logo on it grid fins almost if i would have been zoomed out you just see all that bit. paint flaking off yeah right oh it's ice so. <laughs> <laughs> paint flaking off yeah so this is definitely my my favorite picture of uh of 2020 as far as launches go uh it was definitely one of my best Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful shot. One day I'll get a remote camera. Maybe transporter one. That's <laughs> uh All right, let's stop this. All right, what's next? <laughs> oh, I have to cover you. You can use our cues, I think. Oh, for some reason, I got, I got three monitors, and the stop share was on a completely different monitor, which made no <laughs> sense. Why isn't it on the one that I'm sharing? Zoom. <laughs> Ozu, we love Ozu. it. Yeah. It saved right. the world during the pandemic. So, who's got the next picture? Or was that? That was the only pictures? one someone gave me to put up. Yeah, what are you talking? Okay, <laughs> I don't think we have excellent. Any. So, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't well, have the... any pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, awesome. Well, Everything well, I want to show is that random. Um, the random thing I uploaded here, smug mug, Derek. All right. <laughs> But we can't pull that up without showing the link to it, really. Oh, yeah. That's that's all right. We'll take care of that then. Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, 
if you if you can screen share that if you want which one where is it at it, kyle do you want to share which one of your um, photos and i should not do that i barely have reception <laughs> which, which i was one cutting out at one point oh i don't know <laughs> just pick one well i guess do the one with the people that's the one that's most significant i guess the okay the, the boat photo with the launch yep yeah, oh, employees but... watching their own rocket go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. There we go. Ugh. It should be. That's yeah, awesome. I'm pretty sure that was a previously phone booster, so they recovered that at least once. So I think it was Starlink 6 or so. And what's great about this picture, this is the first time that we've anybody's ever seen anybody actually on top of the boat like this and then you see people are in the uh in the uh the, the lifts as well uh watching the launch i've, I've never seen that before so when you post yeah, I, I did um this is also when just read the instructions was being worked on and you remember they had those um the things where the legs or the boot the what are they called the thrusters were being worked on and they had the scaffolding and everything people were on top of the scaffolding too yeah that's really cool that's awesome. i like these guys in the buckets though just yeah like... <laughs> In the bucket, just chilling, mm-hmm. watching the launch. That's really cool. They're definitely different. I wonder if they're. I wonder if they got high enough that you could actually see it initial liftoff. Well, I probably could. I mean, yeah. Well, awesome. I know there's that tower on the left. On the sorry, the yeah, the left. Exploit. And uh, I've been up. You'll see some antennas up there. I've been been there. Hey, you can see. I'd love to take a photo up there, but I don't want to drag my equipment 250 feet. Up GoPro, your head. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not gonna be not gonna get a good zoom in. If I had the six hundred millimeter up there, that'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Or I'd just go the press site. Or you could just go the press site, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it would that. be a different percept or you know, different shot. Yeah. That'd be so, fun. I don't know what there's a whole bunch of other photos on here. Yeah, I Bert? uh I sent an NREL forty four sh- photo. <laughs> it should be at the end of there. Why is it? Why did that? Uh, just said bird pictures. No, <laughs> it's not showing up yet. You might have I to refresh some cat that. Pictures of that. I, got, I have cat pictures randomly. Yeah, and raw forty four, and then raw one hundred one would be my favorites. But I don't know who put the birds in here. I don't know, man. I don't know. Where <laughs> I those think came that from. was Matt. You set up a few that were not the yeah, only bird so I put. Like, wait, the only bird I put pelicans. in there was a plane. Rocket birds. I, those I meant those are sandhill cranes, or not the yes, sandhill cranes. My bird is the Antares and Super Guppy. Yeah, all the birds. Even there's a bird there, random bird. Mm. <laughs> I, I love that you got other remote in cameras shot. in that shot, though. Yeah. Yeah, these guys down here are real close. Yeah. They they have no uh, desire to save their equipment, I guess. I I was Ask Derek. I was did so that that photo that one's from Mars twenty twenty. I was significantly close, so y'all can see my cursor. I was I right was closer than here. you were. My lens survived. I was also just unlucky. That that area was an unlucky area. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard from the past not to get too close to the flame trench. I've no, had I've had an Atlas throw my camera before, so yeah, I remember Did that dude. Cameras? That was awesome. I was, I, I was staked down to four locations. I had my tripod pretty secure, but yeah. Yep. Through my box. <laughs> Anything else interesting here? Someone want to talk about that they took photo? I mean, there's, you know, we're talking about heavy. Yeah. That's, that has to be one of my favorites just because that's the amount of detail we were able to get being 1.6 miles. And then, the the flame not being as crazy bright i was able to have the vehicle and the flame showing up there and i mean same for the video that i have in the intro video is my focus and my favorite bit but yeah just the amount of detail you could see and the lack of delay of the sound reaching from that launch was just <clears throat> mind blowing oh yeah i mean that goes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> you're so used to i mean a reasonable delay and then uh directly next to the profile picture is my nraw 101 shot that's that's for my remote up near the tank 
and I was, I was so cables. happy with how that turned out. I had no clue what I was doing settings wise, and I got so much advice to have that set up mm-hmm. as I wanted. So that came out great. It's beautiful, man. Should be better than my first remote chat. <laughs> Zach. Zach. Yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah, Zach shot here tonight. He has some amazing shots between those mm-hmm. aerial shots from Booster Return. Uh, I think 2020, as far as pictures and videos, was a great year. We have so much coming up. This, this is going to be a good year. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good year. Oh, yeah. And then Absolutely. the next show will be more of a structured show. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have a bit more of a structure. <laughs> we need some space to happen. The next show for us. Well, absolutely. Oh, warm up needs show. to happen. This is kind of our warm-up show, just getting us out there so you know who we are. So when you see us talking about space, you know that we're we're not the, the, the news organization that's out there, um, maybe not uh, proliferating the most accurate news uh, <laughs> that sometimes we see. So we, we do want to make sure that we're giving you the most accurate information. And if you see us messing up, call us out, man. Yeah. Yep. Now, I mean, next Absolutely. week, you can actually physically call us. Yeah. Just physically call us, call us out. <laughs> Absolutely. Leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Leave us yeah. a voicemail. You yeah, curse me out. Email. I don't care. Next week, uh, with the Virgin Orbit launch happening, we'll be able to be talking about that. We'll go into a bit more detail. We can do a recap of all that, and hopefully we'll, be, we'll have a better idea of what all is happening this month that we can get that schedule. Yeah, really, really get that soon. schedule out to you. Um, we do have a question here from uh, from Matt on the Facebook page is asking uh, how close are were our remotes? Like how close do we put our remotes for these launches? That's a good question. So um, there's a good bit. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, they they give us a lot of opportunities to put up our cameras in different areas. So you can pull up maps and basically show them for the um, pad. So like I, I maps. Can, I'll just say, for instance, 39A, the most recent launch, we in uh, Enral 108, our remotes, we weren't able to be inside the fence, so we ranged from, uh, I believe it was about 0.35 miles to like half a mile, ish. And SpaceX doesn't let, like letting people inside the fence. Uh, they let us yeah. in for crew one. For, for crew one, we were inside the fence. And uh, but then Enrol 101, when we set remotes there, we were let inside at the or for yeah for Enrol 101 that was uh, that was 41, and we were inside the fence there. So I think I measured it out. My remote was a little over 300 feet away from the rocket. Oh wow! Yeah, I think that's what he was asking. That I think mine was closer than that. Yours was like fifteen feet closer. You, we were, uh, we were pretty close. No, <laughs> mine was also technically closer to the flames, even though yours yeah, you, somehow you, got murdered you more. It closer to the flame trench than I did. I tried to keep it to the side to keep my stuff safer. I think there was only one or two people with cameras closer than than I was. Yeah, there's a nice lineup there. So CRS twenty one was inside the fence. So. Or which one are we talking about? Where do I want to zoom in on? Uh, if you want to pull up 39A, since that has a variety oh. of locations. Yeah, can... there's a couple, yeah, a couple of spots. Uh, 39, I'll be honest, 39 is not exactly my favorite um, pad to set remotes, just because there's not really, two, like they give us variety, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it's just not my, my favorite pad. I don't know. Like, well, now you got it down here in this field next to the, Little processing facility there. Now it may not be a competition, but I, I want accuracy. Kyle can't. I don't want Kyle to mislead how close his remote was compared to mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it should be sharing now. There we go. Yeah. So the outside perimeter would probably be the um, outside fence down here so, in the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of the areas that so they you get to go. You basically set up on the crawler way. Yeah. Most recent. In the field a little bit. I don't know yep. how far. I don't remember. Yeah. They won't let you go too far into the grass, pretty much on the crawler way or in the grass um, right there by the road. So you see the grass section there in the middle is where usually a lot of people will set up their remotes. 
Uh, and a lot, a lot of people like to sit up there because you get the um, that SpaceX. Um, so if you watch the intro, the smoke that was is where that was set up. So you see the SpaceX logo on the building. Uh, a lot of people like getting that shot. Now where's the other one? It's this field over here, right? Yeah, it's right inside that yeah, little that circle. Dirt loop. Yep. So yeah, it's and it's then, close. And then there's another one alongside the road by the beach. Yes. Yep. So if you go down so, that up here, yeah, yeah, yeah no, so, it's, uh, it's literally just the side of the road. Yeah. So I, I oh yeah, that's right. Exact location there. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, not familiar sure. with the locations inside the pad either. Yeah, it's going to be one of those areas though, on the alongside that road where you're zooming in on. Um, I know it's a little bit further hey, look, down. A tour bus. There is a tour bus. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they, those are the three locations that they do a certain launches. They'll let, let us actually be inside the fence and we can actually set up on the, uh, there's, I believe it's four uh, photography mounds that are all around 39A. Um, they have all the actual like NASA cameras and stuff like that on it. So they'll, they'll let us put our cameras on those mounds. So yeah, you can get up close. Mm-hmm. Enough for people like melted lenses and stuff. So. <laughs> yep. I think the, the closest pad we're able to get to is the um, Atlas pad, which is 41, 40 and yeah. 41. The two pads we're actually able to get really close for. 40 yeah, and 41. So, yeah. yeah, 41. If you want to go to 41, that'll give us a... Yeah, yeah. you can get down this, like, out here. You can get up real close. Yeah, yeah. so we were all we see inside the photos. fence during Enraw 101. So if you want to zoom in a bit more so the circle fills the screen yeah you can get in there so like you guys won't be able to see it but the stream will so people were setting up all along here we had the the actual banner was down here so there were lots of people that set up in this area the flame trench is over here so that's where kyle's camera is and mine was right about there so they're really close yeah, we've had a, a few people lost the lens yeah. from that launch. Those solids. Those yeah. new solids. Yeah, new solids are, uh, are something else. And yeah, those are the ones that are going to be on the Vulcan, right? Yes, yep. that was the first test of Gem, the GEM 63, is it? Or 53? 63. 63. 63. Gem 63. So that stands Excellent. for the graphite epoxy motor yeah graphite epoxy motor so basically uh if you've watched these videos of uh doing uh, people doing epoxy molds of like for arts and crafts they they always pop up on my facebook for some reason but if you see that that's actually the same process that they're using more or less to build these solids is that they are putting the mold which is the rocket skin and then they fill it with an epoxy that's a graphite epoxy is uh, is what's burning so pretty interesting stuff all right so 2021 is upon us 2020 has finally died the flaming death it deserved and uh, we are on to bigger and better things so i would like to hear from y'all uh, inclusive of the audience and of everyone who is here on the stream. Uh, what do you predict is going to happen in space flight for 2021? All right, let's start with uh, uh, Mr. Keeks. Well, hopefully you see a successful uh, starship land. Successful starship? Yes. All right. Yes. I, I, I predict that's, that's what I'm very excited about. I mean, I, that's like I'll the new thing going on right now. Not just successful <laughs> starship land. I want to see successful orbital starship land that's yeah, what I, want. I don't know if that'll be this year but i don't I'm, know he's pretty I'll, I'll use a spacex timeline it's happening this year yeah whether yeah. it happens or not it's happening this year <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet better have a lot of cameras on the thing <laughs> yeah well, like yeah, uh they have a ton of cameras on the falcon 9 you just don't see a lot of those views there are cameras on every single conceivable place they can put a camera on that yep. rocket there is one yeah uh, it's part of their process they like to see everything that's happening in the rocket as it's happening so all right so um let's see kyle what's it. what's happening this year man? <laughs> vulcan flies yes he's down with the vulcan vulcan's gonna fly all right with them solids 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. How about you, Mr. Uh, Cushaw? Um, well, we've covered the Vulcan. We covered you know, Celeste and all the other ones. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two that nobody's really talking about that I'm actually personally excited about just because they are a smaller launch provider. And that's going to be Firefly and Revitility. Now, both of these, both of these places have pads here at the Cape. So there's a possibility. Hopefully, we'll be able to put remotes down for them. Now, this is you're talking about rockets that are about the same size as Rocket Lab, about Electron. You know, they're they're smaller scale rockets, um, but they will be launching you know uh, small sat payloads into orbit, and I'm pretty excited about that too. Excellent. All right, and me personally, I'm I'm gonna go out there and say SpaceX is going to launch a Falcon 9 35 times this year. I'm going to say 35 times they're going to they're going to get 35 launches this year. Okay. Uh, I don't I, I, I thought don't... you were joking saying 35 launches of an individual booster. Okay. 35 no, 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 launches. No, no. I was like wait, 35 That'd be insane. Falcon 9 launches. I think they are going to get at least one booster to 11 or 12 launches this year. Uh, I think I think cool. they'll yeah. easily cross the double di- I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, ma- managed to get like 15. Yeah, I mean, they. I think I, I can see a <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and and that's what's great about having, you know, Starlink is that that gives them an opportunity to launch as much as they want to because they yeah. have to do that for Starlink, yep. and 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 what's really causing all the hiccups is like oh, the, the weather problems that we've been having, and 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 there were some boys. engine problems, and it's it's it happens, man. And then uh, my other thing I was going to predict for this year, uh, Percy's mic, uh, Perseverance could be landing on Mars. Uh, it does have three microphones that we'll be able to, uh, for the first time, catch the sound of Mars. And I'm predicting that that sound is going to be Tiny Tim singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips on repeat. Just that's all we're going to hear. <laughs> now in the chat, we have Wayward saying launch scrubs and Matthew's saying we'll see the... <laughs> and we have Matthew Cable saying we'll see the first Starship Super Heavy stack. Ooh, ah, uh, that's mm. yep. And of course, Matt here on the Facebook side just said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, SpaceX has got their hands in so many pots right now. I'm hoping they're able to handle it. They seem to be handling it pretty well. They I got mean, a good team. They they really do, and they seem to have. Um, a laser focus that uh, a lot of organizations uh, start to lack when they're in that part of the product development cycle. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what they come up with next. Yeah. I think doing too much prediction on how far SpaceX will make it. it it's fool's play to it try, really try is. to say it's one test can go dramatically better than planned. One test can go dramatically worse than planned. And the timeline just changed by three years. But absolutely it's uh they've done well i was impressed with sn8 so i'm looking forward to seeing what well, they originally do i'm pretty week. sure they said it was gonna be orbital like two years ago so yeah well you know you want time slides a little bit i'm money. looking forward to seeing time what happens. On a slide. Yeah, he's done a lot mm-hmm. they've with the, I, they've First been granted like with the money they've been granted for uh for starlink for the rural internet access and all that Hopefully they'll have maybe a more consistent cash flow if they start opening up that beta to more. I actually not, I haven't been weird. following the Starlink beta very specifically because I knew they were in the private beta. Have they? Are they reaching the more public sections of the beta, or are they just slow? It's all over Facebook and and Reddit. I know that. So yeah, yeah. it's public. But, I mean, the you more can, you can actually go out start... you yourself and purchase a disc right or, or uh, a dish right now. All right. Yeah, you just well, take it the the service of being in the actual program. I think. Yeah, exactly. And well, the more it. public they're going, the more consistent an income, regardless of launches, what, they're getting. So yeah. hopefully they'll be able one to issue use I've that heard fund. is apparently they'll melt the ice and then the ice they're like the snow because it heats on the top. Then the ice sickles will form on the bottom and like become heavy. No, so I've heard about that happening up in term. Canada and such. That would yeah. be. Yeah. Now Michael Kane saying, "How many launches until a more intensive refurbishment is needed?" Uh, 10. That, that's yeah scheduled for 10 um i think they're going we to kind of have to be doing this whole time year. they could be doing a lot this whole time we would yeah right. but i mean well, as quick as they're able to turn some of these rockets around they're not having to do a whole heck of a lot right but but yeah, he, they also stated he wanted to do 10 
for refurbishments and then launch the boosters every the, the life of the Falcon 9. He's saying it's supposed to be 100 launches. Yeah, refurbishment every 10. But as far as we know, and, and they're, how, they're already refurbishing. We don't I, know. I, I wouldn't That's be surprised if they are doing very minimal. They're going to take it, take the first one to reach 10 apart completely, look through, right. say, yeah, we really don't need much refurbishment. Right. Go to 15. I wouldn't be surprised so, if they do that sort of thing. So anybody yeah, who's, who's been here for a booster return or has been close to these boosters, you can see the lines, the grid lines. Yeah. Now, what people have often asked, what are those lines about? Well, those lines, those are inspections. Those are the stir welds. They're actually inspecting those stir welds for any like hairline cracks or anything like that. That's going to be very important because if there's a hairline crack on that booster, guess what? Booster go boom, boom. So yeah, absolutely, they, they want to make sure that they get any kind of issue that would be make sure that they catch it. So mm -hmm. and so how uh, how long do you all think it will be until Starlink expands either out of beta or into Florida? As long as possible for my job. Stay Absolutely. out of Florida for well, eh, a couple more years. Please. As I continue to, <laughs> as I continue to say, and I'm going to say it again and again, people like us, you and I, and people who have a reliable internet connection that they use on a daily basis. You're not going to want it. We are not the people who Starlink <laughs> is for. Starlink is right. for people who live in the mountains in Colorado and have to pay Hughes a hundred and four hundred dollars yeah. a month for horrible internet. For a six hundred ping. It is. Yeah. Oh, let's let's be real. It's not for us for our homes. It's more for us on location doing yeah, on location that, That's what that's it's more. That's more an expensive yes, that. that, that, That's that. an expense. Yeah, it'll, it'll be expensive, but uh, I think we better off when many five G starts getting more relative around yeah here. well if I'm you sure live in a place where 5g is going to be happening quickly then it's not for you but for people who live in you know the savannas in africa or people who live up in the mountains or people who are doing research or firefighters who are fighting fires out in rural areas that is that is the primary consumer of starlink for the time being now i think it'll come out of that uh, that 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 closed beta style and more into an open thing probably when they reach about 2000 satellites yeah i mean i'm i've got to say as there are many issues that have been addressed extensively uh with starlinks whether it's the the initial problems with light pollution just as in looking at the sky versus uh the actual ast astronomic like the imaging of the yeah but overall i think this will be such a dramatic help for the people that really need it not yeah. not for people like us this will be so good and i'm looking forward to that because yeah, if you live being you able live to in, avoid that you live in florida loss. you live in florida you have fiber connection or cable and then you get starlink and every time it rains you're gonna be like <laughs> watching netflix and it starts buffering you're gonna be pretty mad <laughs> that exactly. you decided to invest all that money and switch over exactly no but uh, i mean it's starlink i i'm up for anything that monetizes space in such a way that it begins to pay for itself and becomes its own like uh, the way uh economists kind of think about like the global economy is you know you have your terrestrial economy and then you have a low earth orbit economy and a middle earth orbit economy and finally you have like what will eventually become like the earth moon economy so we're at the phase now where low earth is up until this point has required a lot of infrastructure investment say. what about middle earth now the middle well middle earth <laughs> orbit if you will thank you thank you Frodo. Sorry, I yeah I'm thanks out. bro <laughs> no that middle earth orbit is actually kind of dominated right now by the geosynchronous satellites geosynchronous it, it, it kind of pays for itself but once again you had to have that investment at the beginning from countries putting billions of dollars into developing these rockets now we're at a point where the rockets are cheap and getting to orbits becoming cheaper and cheaper and once it becomes cheap enough uh, low earth orbit is going to become highly commercialized and it won't require that investment from the government and that's when we will have a fully fledged low earth orbit economy uh in in 
the National Space Foundation and and the National Space Council, they've actually started gearing up toward that as a goal. We want the economy of low Earth orbit to be separate from national economy because the, the, there comes a point where the nation can't really throw a whole lot of money into that if we want to move beyond. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I, I love the fact that the way Starlink is being done, it necessitates that uh -huh. in order to facilitate the the markets where you will earn money, you have to cover basically all markets. Uh -huh. And so it's the fact that it necessitates that it's able to offset the cost. It's not like it's not going to cost them that much more to enable the service in a different location where they won't earn as much money. And so I, I I'm. I love the way they, that it's working. Now, I wonder I, how um, the government approvals in other countries. Uh, now, yes, that's how that's going to go for them. Like, like when they try to get into Russia, I wonder what that, they're going to be like, mm, China, they're going to be like, mm, nope, you're coming in here. No, yeah, I'm China, curious. What there will you, be the black market. You want to put open internet? service oh. in the U.S. <laughs> and like, because they're being used on boats or I, they're at least they are on boats to be used on boats. You buy the service in the U.S. You get they the currently... thing delivered to a U.S. address. Mm -hmm. What if you move over to somewhere where the satellites cover but isn't in their operating area? Like, what happens? Currently, then? they currently they don't work on boats because it needs to go to ground stations. It needs to go satellite to satellite before it works on boats, unless you okay. use some complicated caching system. Now, we've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. you could theoretically check, cache though. and just have a really high ping. And they're not going very like far, use right? email and stuff. Like, would be viable for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he said we, you see them on the drone ships, but we don't know if they're actually using them out at sea or only using them when they're at dock. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm speaking of the government's uh, regulation there. I'm somewhat curious, just in the general realm of space satellites, how many satellites are redundant, completely doing the same task, but whatever government it is, is just keeping that task secret and if there had been cooperation, would those uh, satellites? I said there's a, oh, yeah. I, 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 at least a dozen satellites that are all listening for the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. no, uh, and it's more than that. Anything launched by governments, you can guarantee a third of it is redundant and, and is the same information being sought by different countries. It's like, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. That, that's I'd, interesting. I'd be interested and, if that all that classified information was somehow so accessible like that we're talking about this know. so we're, we're we're talking about this right now and just read the instructions is about to depart just read the instructions is about to depart okay yeah. so that's uh, a good sign so we're looking at a launch pro possibly uh later on this week for so uh, set. so mean, we might still be looking at the land sticks. location for this specific launch and how about how long it would take to get there like the downrange location, that I'm not sure. Okay. It's probably two or three days. It's pretty consistent with that amount. Like, Excellent. So unless it's a low energy mission and it's like right off the coast, it's pretty much always the same vague distance out there. Yeah, what, what roughly 300 nautical miles. Yep, they're getting it ready to yeah, leave right now. Good to know. Hmm. Excellent. And, uh, so we will have a launch, hopefully, to talk about next week. And that hopefully we'll have two. I, I would love to one local as many one as we can have, man. As many yeah. as we can have. Access to space is one of the most important things that humans have developed, and we need to to cherish that and make it happen as much as possible. Yes, and we have Doug in the chat saying space tourism is the future of making access to space affordable, convenient, and common. And I mean that I absolutely 100% agree. That's why I'm looking forward to see Tom Cruise go to space. And that's why I'm <laughs> looking forward to see Axiom develop the international space station. They've actually leased a port. Oh yeah. Excellent. We're going to be the DCMA now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, don't get us copyright claimed. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But anyway, I mean, Axiom has leased uh, one of the ports on the Harmony um, module and will be developing um, its own space station capabilities uh, using the International Space Station as a, a basis for testing and making sure it works. So that's really exciting. And that's going to be coming up in a couple of years. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. And now, we have I the, think... uh, 
we have the Nanorax airlock that is now up there and absolutely. And so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. And so if for the people who are not super familiar, the way that that's working, it isn't directly open out to space. It's not able to be loaded and then immediately ejected. It is, uh, I forget exactly which adapter it's connected to and everything, but it's connected to the space station. Once it's loaded, that is closed off, and then it's actually uh, taken off the space station by the Canada arm in order for it to eject whatever is, or in order for whatever yeah, is in there um, to be released. As far as I know, the Bishop airlock uses the exact same connector the Canada arm it uses, like the little point that it connects to. Yes. Okay. It's like it just connects to one of those little nodes. Exactly. It's got like a little nub that the Canada arm grabs to, and it can actually be hooked to a truss, and the Canada arm can release itself from it. So it's able to be moved around so it can be put out there and say they wanted this experiment to sit in zero gravity for exactly 24.7 hours or something ridiculous like that. They can set it out there and then bring it back and open it back up if they if, if they don't get that much usage out of the bishop like they're supposed to get what like five five full cycles a year or something like that i'm not sure yeah but so it's uh connected to the tranquility module yes. and it itself does not have a hatch it uh connects to the birthing port mm -hmm. in order to make use of it so. yes excellent all right so i think we have ourselves a show ladies and gentlemen Mostly gentlemen here, but you know how that is. We'll get more ladies. I love the ladies. Anyway, uh, that's it from us here at Next Horizon Space Flight. Uh, this has been the Rocket Buzz. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And a very special thank you to Jameson Boyce. He took care of the uh, opening credits music for us. So uh, we, we, we eternal thanks for that uh, because that's probably the best 30-second song I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> Derek, would you roll us out, my man? All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next week.